Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Another week of the show. Glad to have you with us to start the Monday. And just a reminder here at the very top of the program, if you can't join us live each weekday at 11 a.m., you can always find us as a podcast. We're available just about anywhere you might listen to podcasts. All you have to do is search for The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You'll find us there. And again, no matter how you're with us, we appreciate the great daily audience that we have both on the radio and via podcast And we invite your feedback, the Thornton's text line. You'll hear me plug that here in just a few moments, 502-414-1450. We'd love to get your questions and comments for what we're planning to talk about with our guest, and uh, you can help drive the conversation as well. So we would love to hear from you also. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, here in just moments, we'll have a recap of the weekend, obviously the big headline. And I don't think there's any real surprise. I didn't sense anybody panicking or wondering what he was doing. But Trace Jackson Davis did put out a statement over the weekend where he is going to test the waters uh, for the NBA while maintaining his eligibility as a college basketball player at Indiana. So no harm done there. I still think that there's a chance, maybe a decent chance, that Trace Jackson Davis will return to Indiana. But it's smart for him, regardless what he does, uh, to have this opportunity to get feedback and to fill the process out. Because you got to believe that one day, whether it's this year or next or in the near future, he's going to get at least a chance in the NBA at some level. Uh, Obviously, I think he could have an outstanding career overseas and make a lot of money playing in one of the good leagues in Europe or somewhere else in the world. But uh, Trace Jackson Davis will test the waters, which means uh, when the May 1st deadline of entering the transfer portal gets here, there's always going to be just a little bit more instability about IU's roster for next season because Obviously, Trace is and will be IU's best player if he returns, but that spot could be vacated as he gets closer to the draft and nears that deadline, which I think it's sometime in late May that he has to make a decision whether he's in or out. But I do think that we, fans, media, etc., will have a pretty good gauge on what his ultimate decision will be once he gets some weeks into this process of testing the waters. We'll see what sort of opportunities he's getting. And the big one is, does he get invited to the NBA Combine? Because if he does, a really good performance over those couple days, I think it's in Chicago, that can totally change the projection of him being maybe not drafted in the first or second round. I know a couple people think 
He is, in their mocks, a late second-round pick. That could really move him up the shoot if he were to come out and have a, a really good performance there. So I think we'll know more as he gets a few weeks into the uh, testing the waters situation that he announced he's going to pursue over the weekend. Also, later in the show, it's Monday, so Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star will join us. We'll talk about Trace. We'll talk about Xavier Johnson. We'll discuss IU basketball and more with Zach when he's with us today. And then later in the hour, Chad Gilbert, former coach at Jeffersonville, currently the athletic director at Charlestown High School. He's also on the IHSA executive board. He'll be with us. We always have a Monday conversation on local sports, a lot of basketball with Chad. We're going to talk about the start of the travel basketball. I call it the, I think it's better known as the grassroots season across the country. A lot of college coaches out. It was a live, one of two live weekends in the spring for coaches to hit the road. We'll tell you about where uh, Mike Woodson and the staff were. Basically, everybody this weekend, all the Division I schools, uh, Indianapolis for the Adidas and Under Armour events. And then down in Orlando, it was the first session of the big Nike EYBL, which is going to be in Indianapolis soon uh, in its future stop, also going to be in Louisville soon. So uh, some really good basketball was in our state this weekend. Gabe Cups and Ja'Kai Newton both already committed to IU. They were playing in Indy over the weekend and uh, some good basketball coming to our area a little bit later this spring as well. That's the show lineup for today. A service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And let's jump into our headlines for today. And as I do, just our weekly reminder, our daily reminder, the Thornton's text line is open. The number is 502-414-1450. So put that in your phone, 502-414-1450. You can send questions for Zach on IU, chat on local stuff, uh, anything you want to discuss. Maybe you've got a shout-out, text it to me, 502-414-1450. And Thornton's and the Louisville Urban League, they're excited to present a mega hiring fair featuring multiple employers looking to hire right now. Hiring fair will take place this week on Thursday, April 14th at the Norton Healthcare Sports and Learning Center. That's located at 3029 West Muhammad Ali Boulevard in Louisville. You can come out between 3 and 6 p.m. on Thursday, and don't forget to bring your ID and a resume as well. Uh, good opportunity there with some good-paying jobs if you're looking for something locally. Let's get into some headlines. Trace Jackson Davis declares for the NBA draft. I'm going to read to you what he said. He said, who's your nation? These last three years at IU have been a blessing, and I have cherished every moment wearing the Candy Stripes uniform with pride. I would not be where I am today without so many people. I would like to thank my family and my coaches who have supported me through the years. To my teammates, I'm thankful to have bonds that go beyond the court and big thanks to the fans that pack Simon Scott Assembly Hall every week. I am ready to continue this journey, and after long consideration and prayer, I've decided to declare for the 2022 NBA draft while also maintaining my eligibility. So uh, here's the date. If uh, he's an underclassman, he had to declare for the draft by April 24th, coming up later this month. So as far as college basketball goes, 
April 24th is a big date on the calendar because if you're an underclassman, you've got to declare for the draft, even if you're just going to test the waters without an agent, which is what Trace is doing. You've got to make that announcement, that paperwork, by April 24th. Then they have until June 1st to withdraw from the NBA draft. And again, don't forget, May 1st is the deadline for any player to enter the transfer portal. So some big dates coming up. Uh, then the NBA draft, which is always a fun night. It's uh, at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn on June 23rd. So basically, we'll know more when it comes to the transfer portal here in a couple weeks, two and a half weeks to be exact, uh, on May 1st. Who's leaving at least? We may not know exactly who the IU staff is going to add at that point. Then we'll know more on Trace Jackson Davis. I think we'll know more when it comes to the combine, and I have to look up the dates for that. But we'll definitely know Trace's decision on college or leaving his name in for the draft on on June 1st of this year. So, you know, still really a month and a half out from knowing about, possibly knowing about IU's uh, best player. I don't think there's any question about it. Best player on the roster for last season. I mentioned this weekend was a big chance for coaches to get out. One of the two live periods in the spring. And it's interesting because coaches, from what I can tell, are still flocking everywhere. There's still all the big names. Everybody's packing in. Most schools have the allotted number of coaches on the road that they can have, but there just aren't as many spots for high school players out of the typical recruiting process that we've all become uh, used to for so many years because of the transfer portal. And even though that's clearly the case, and the numbers I think would reflect that, uh, these opportunities to get out and view players, especially the top-tier guys at the EYBL and some of these big circuits, nothing's changed there as far as coaches' interest in being there and at least making evaluations and at least making contacts after the evaluations. And for Indiana, one of the names it sounds like that stood out to them this weekend was a player named Liam McCauley. He's from Plano, Texas. He attends John Paul II High School in Plano, and he played really well over the weekend, according to multiple reports down at Disney's Wide World of Sports, where was uh, where is, is that is where the first session of the uh, Nike EYBL, the Elite Youth Basketball League, was held. Uh, he plays for a Texas program, Drive Nation, the 16 and under team. So he's not in that major uh, senior to be division, as it's often called. Uh, but uh, he's a class of 2024, a rising junior. And he received an offer over the weekend. Uh, they were at both of his games on Saturday. And then Sunday, here comes a scholarship offer from Liam McCauley. So as we start to fan down even younger and talk about out-of-state players Indiana's after or is offered 2024 class Liam McNeely uh, is a name to definitely remember. Uh, no question about that. He's a top 15 ranked kid in the country as far as his position, and he would be considered a, a forward, I believe. Uh, he's a top 15 forward in the 2024 class and definitely a name that IU wants to get in on and has made the decision uh, to get in on very early. And speaking of recruiting and the transfer portal, I saw CBS Sports over the weekend uh, had a rundown of their top uh, transfers that are currently in the portal. And so I was curious the list. Nigel Pack, uh, who is uh, leaving Kansas State, also testing the NBA waters. Indiana, he could make a lot of sense there if Xavier Johnson doesn't come back. And we have no real news following Xavier's 
court date on Friday. I'm going to bring that up with Zach Osterman a little bit later in the hour. But Nigel Pack, according to CBS Sports in this story, considered the best available player in the transfer portal. So uh, three years of eligibility remaining for Pack. I don't think there's any chance he likely plays college basketball for three more seasons because of his professional aspirations and his ability. He averaged 17 points, four rebounds, two assists, shot 46% from the field and 44% from three-point range, he would really fit the profile of a guard that Indiana could use some help with, not just a scoring guard and a guard that can help with the offense, but uh, he's got a a really good percentage. He shoots at a good clip as well. Uh, But pack on that list, and another name that stands out, I don't think that Indiana uh, is involved or or will be involved, but Andre Corbello, who I thought really at times – was great for Illinois and a good player in the Big Ten Conference. He is on that list of top available transfers out there. And a player named K.J. Williams at uh, Murray State, I only mentioned him because I did see Indiana uh, noted as one of the schools uh, that had contacted him when he entered the portal down uh, at uh, Murray State. Also a women's basketball headline to mention, uh, the IU women's program after a really good run by Terry Morin. They appear to be using the transfer portal to position themselves for another good season and maybe another good NCAA tournament run next year. They picked up three, I think, really important players for next season. One is a fifth-year player, a forward, Alyssa Gary. She comes to IU from Providence. Also, this is probably the biggest name uh, and one that really I thought made sense when she entered the portal. But junior guard Sydney Parrish, she's a former Miss Basketball in the Hoosier State, a really good player. She went to Oregon for a season. She's going to be at Indiana next year using her one-time transfer. And then another Big Ten player, Sarah Scalia, a senior guard uh, from Minnesota. She is going to transfer uh, to the Hoosiers for next year as well. So three big transfers uh, for Coach Morin and the IU women's program. And then one other note, this is great news for Jawan Morgan, future Hoosier. After some various temporary spots, a couple COVID uh, shortness, he was able to fill in on a couple 10-day contracts, and he got called up recently to the Celtics. I think it was a 10-day contract as well. But uh, the Celtics are going to fill their final roster spot heading into the playoffs, which, by the way, start later this week with Jawan Morgan. They've signed him to a multiple-year uh, deal, according to Shams Carnia of The Athletic. Uh, two-year deal is what it's expected to be, non-guaranteed salary for the 22-23 season. And it, I saw it was official on the NBA website uh, yesterday. So good stuff for Morgan. And by the way, he did recently compete, complete a 10-day contract with Boston. He had uh, played with the main Celtics of the G League, so he's been connected to the Celtics now for some time. They've had a chance to follow him, but uh, a really good deal for Jawan Morgan. We'll see if he can play this into something uh, more consistent and more regular as far as the NBA goes. And then one local note I've got to mention, and I plan to bring this up with Chad Gilbert later in the hour, but Justin Betts of Providence at Bellarmine, what a great senior year we thought last year he had for Bellarmine, uh, leading the uh, team, being a big part of an A-Sun Conference Tournament Championship, although the team couldn't go ultimately to the NCAA Tournament. I forgot to mention this last week, but late in the week, last week, Justin announced that he is going 
to return to Bellman for a fifth year as he will pursue some master's studies. So great news for Justin. He gets another year of doing something he loves at a very high level at Bellarmine, and great news, obviously, for Coach Davenport and Bellarmine as well. There is no question about it. Justin Betts will be the leader of that Bellarmine team in many different ways for next season. That's a look at our headlines for this Monday edition of the program. A quick commercial break, and we're back with Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star for the latest on IU basketball. Lots to talk about. TJD going to test the waters. Xavier Johnson had a court date on Friday and the IU coaching staff crisscrossing the country, really, from Orlando to Indianapolis this weekend, taking in a lot of uh, different travel basketball games and uh, getting a look at some 2024 players as well. We'll discuss all of that and more. We'll take your questions on the Thornton's text line, 502-41-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Monday program. Monday means Zach Osterman of the Indy Star is with us for the latest on IU basketball and more. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open. We'll take your questions on IU hoops and more of this program, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Zach, welcome into the show. I think the big news coming out of the weekend is Trace Jackson Davis officially going to test the NBA waters, but as we all expected, he did leave the door open, not signing with an agent to return to IU for another season. Yeah, and I mean, you would have been pretty expect, or pretty surprised, I think, at this point, if Trace Jackson Davis didn't at least declare. Um, I think it's easy to forget he never has. Um, and, you know, you can argue about kind of where he is as an NBA prospect, where he's been in his two previous college off-seasons, if you want to call it that as an NBA prospect, but he certainly would have, I think, at least been, it would have been perfectly understandable for him to declare, you know, last season. I know I think a big part of the reason he didn't in 2020 was just because it was COVID and he didn't feel like there was going to be a lot of point in the process because so much stuff was, was going to be called off or was going to be, you know, not in person. He wasn't going to get some of those opportunities. Um, but you would have been really surprised if, if he just hadn't declared at all here um and i you know i, I think he uh, you know i i don't think it's it's really should be much of a surprise to anyone that he's leaving his eligibility on the table as well he, you know he's probably a fringe prospect at this point on the other hand i think you know just in seeing the way he's talked about even just talking to a couple of people and i, I want to you know I'm not claiming I have the greatest network of NBA sources or that I have tapped into the ones I do have in depth about Trace yet, but um, talking with a couple people, I do think that that last month of his season raised his stock a little bit. I think people saw him go up a level, both in terms of 
maybe some skills, a little bit more right-hand finishing, mixed in a couple jumpers, those things that, you know, we really would have felt like he needed to add, particularly to his offensive game. And also it's, it's less tangible, but having these sort of streaks of, of dominance in him where he can be a player that, you know, everything funnels through him and he just controls the game at both ends of the floor. And some of that's down to skills, but some of that is always going to be down to, to mentality and, and, you know, just sort of mental approach. And so we may be talking about a time where his stock's really never been higher than it is right now. I think it makes perfect sense for him to go test it, figure it out. I know that IU fans, you know, don't love this this sort of uncertainty around the roster. Is Trey staying or going? Is Ray staying or going? If they both come back, does somebody else leave? If they both leave, does Indiana need to sign somebody else? Are they Can they get Malik Renault if so-and-so stays? This is just kind of the reality of this time of year, and it's it's only kind of been intensified by the portal, you know, and and by um, the one-time transfer exception and and the way that, you know, players can move through that, certainly up until May 1st. Um, I believe that May 1st is a cutoff for getting immediate eligibility transfer, but um, that's just kind of part of life in, in major college basketball now, and I don't think anybody inside Cook Hall would either A, have been surprised at Trace's decision to, to declare, or B, have been put off either by that decision or by him wanting to leave that door open to return to college. Talking with Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star and starting our conversation today about tra- Trace Jackson Davis, I know that the NBA Combine is coming up, and I always thought the Combine was a couple-day event where you had to receive an invitation to attend. It typically has been held in Chicago. A lot of NBA coaches and personnel that make draft decisions will be there to watch players. But a couple questions. I saw this year the date for the combine. It's it's an extended period of time. It looks like it's, and I just had the uh, May 16th through the 22nd. So it, not just a couple days. Maybe the on-the-court stuff is just a couple days. But uh, it's a full week uh, situation, it looks like, in Chicago. If Trace were to be selected to attend that uh, combine uh, is he still without representation able to come back to school I know there used to be a situation I think you could only go to the combine maybe if you were willing to forego your eligibility so my question is does the combine give give us some sort of read one way or the other on maybe what Trace's future could look like uh no no he can go through the combine and still come back and, and in fact I think I want to say Indiana's had players do that in the past although I would have to I would have to go back and, and double check, but typically the, the sort of, and obviously the, you know, to some extent, the NCAA deadline is, is a little bit ceremonial in a sense, because ultimately players are more worried about the NBA, you know, and, and what their, um, what their sort of rules are. But, um, and I'd have to double check this because it has been a while since Indiana had somebody declare early and I just am not, sharp on the rules, but um, the way it used to work was I believe you had 10 days after the, the, the end of the combine to declare like, the, the NCAA allowed you 10 days after the combine uh, grace period to come back, basically, um, as long as you had done everything necessary to, to maintain your eligibility. And that was, that was before kind of agents were involved and, and there were, you know, these sort of NCAA certified agents that you could, have relationships with while still maintaining your eligibility, but I'm not sure that rule changed. So I, I think, I think 
the target date is still 10 days after the combine ends, which this year is, as you said, it is longer. It's May, it's Monday to Sunday. It's a full week. We're usually I think four or five days kind of in the past three, four or five days. Um, it'll be 10 days after May 22nd. So I guess is that June 1st because May is a 31 day month. I think that may be right. Um, that you'll have, if that's still the rule. And again, forgive me, it's just, it's been a while since Indiana had somebody declare early, so I'm just not sure. Yeah, I understand. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis star, and again, uh, the deadline for Trace to withdraw from the process June 1st. So a lot of dates coming up. May 1st, the deadline to enter the transfer portal. June 1st, the deadline to withdraw from the NBA draft, which is later in June this year. Zach, another question. I know Xavier Johnson is a big topic uh, of discussion with his uh, issues last weekend being arrested in Bloomington. I I know he had a court date set for Friday, an initial hearing, and I really didn't see too much published from uh, that get-together, that court date on Friday. Has there been any word on uh, anything that happened there, or was that just kind of a standard process to get things started for him and what's going to be forthcoming out of all this? Um, yeah, I mean, looking at looking at actually his, his online record, which sometimes isn't fully updated, the court date, the initial hearing was the last, the last step. But it is also worth saying sometimes that initial hearing is, you know, when you get like a, a drinking ticket in town or a speeding ticket or something, and you just, you come in, you pay your fine, you go through whatever little diversionary, you know, process they, they want you to go through and then you're done. Like I think I had a parking ticket once in college and I had to do that. Um, if you've got a slightly more complicated case and you know, his is more complicated than that, just simply because one of his charges is a felony. Now it's, it's a level six felony. You know, we're not, he, he didn't, he didn't rob a bank or anything like that, obviously. Um, sometimes that initial hearing is just, it's, sometimes it's not even something you need to attend. If you've got representation, sometimes it is, it is something that a, a lawyer can basically just sort of check in for you and, you know, enter a plea or go through it. There's just, there's a lot of procedural stuff that happens early in, in a case like this, where again, it is a little bit more complicated than just saying like, you were driving. I, my ticket was actually for now that I think about it, it was driving an expired plate, not realizing my plate did expire. So, if you know something like that, it's just an infraction. Maybe at worst, a very minor misdemeanor. Um, you go in, you pay your fine, you 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 know you do something to prove that you've, in my case, like updated your plates, and that's it. A case like this, because there are multiple charges and one of them is a little bit higher level. Um, there's a decent chance that hearing was just a, a procedural thing to kind of move the case along to something else. While, you know, obviously the case works, works its way through the legal system. And then if, if Xavier Johnson does have representation, that representation works with the prosecutor's office on, you know, okay, if there was some sort of plea deal here, you know, what would it look like and how would we execute it? Gotcha. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star. Zach, one other question for you today. You know, a lot of talk about coaches being out on the road and uh, following, uh, I think it was Coach Roseman who was down in Orlando some this weekend. Uh, Coach, uh, Coach Walsh and Coach Hunter, I believe, were 
in Indianapolis. Coach Woodson made an appearance in Indianapolis to watch Gabe Cups and Ja'Kai Newton uh, get the live period started on Friday night, maybe even early Saturday. I can't remember now. But all that said, I saw IU offered a new player. I mentioned this in our headlines today uh, from the 2024 down in Texas, Liam McNeely. And the reason I bring that up is because IU out on the road, all the coaches, not just IU, everybody out on the road this past weekend recruiting guys in the 2023 class and maybe starting to get a look at younger players as well like IU did with McNeely. Uh, But in a lot of cases, and I use a good example of this, with Trace declaring for the draft and Xavier having some issues and you never know what could happen with Race Thompson or Jordan Geronimo still, uh, there is so much on the line for next year that still needs to be decided with the roster. I can't imagine being a coach, and I say this often, I can't imagine being a coach nowadays with roster management that is ongoing. You've got to re-recruit your own players from year to year. You have no idea what could happen but let alone taking a look at players in the 2024 class. I know you've got to build long-term, but it's got to be hard to do that and think ahead when you don't even know what things may happen this summer and the next few weeks could be. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you just you have to, and you especially have to, you know, it always sneaks up on you a little bit, but, I mean, that 2024 class are juniors now, so you're going to want to start talking to some of those guys who are your top targets about junior year official visits. Um, you know, you, you've, you've got to start building that. Now, it's interesting to me. What's, what's interesting to me is kind of the window into, you know, what, what it seems like Mike Woodson and his staff are comfortable with in terms of forecasting out recruiting. We would see Tom Crean, for example, offer kids very young. You know, it, it got well-traveled at the end of this season when Kansas was still in the NCAA tournament that Tom Crean offered Jalen Coleman lands a scholarship 10 years ago. And, and now Coleman Lands is just, just now finishing his college career. Um, Archie Miller seemed to wait a little bit longer in a lot of cases, not every case, but a lot of cases. And it seems like Mike Woodson kind of does too, at least here early on. I know this is only his second full sort of recruiting spring, summer, if you want to say, um, but seems to really kind of like, for the most part, working two classes in advance, the, the, the class that will be seniors, and then the class that will be juniors. And you have to work on the juniors because, again, you can get those guys on campus for official visits. So you want to start building those relationships. You don't want to have to make up time, you know, make up ground on somebody who's been doing more kind of work early on later in the cycle. Um, you're right. It is, it is more complex. You also have the added you're only just now starting to kind of roll off the first class of COVID year seniors. You know, in terms of like it, it, this was the first year that guys who should have been done in 2021 could take the extra year. Obviously, Indiana's got some guys that could apply to Xavier Johnson, Miller Cop, Race Thompson. If he returns, it would have applied to Rob Finnessy had he uh, had he stayed in Indiana. So you're going to you know, some of that is going to start attenuating back toward more you know normalcy in terms of um, how you project out four and five year players. But that's just. You know, it's it's a world you've got to be comfortable living in because the, the the reality of it is I don't think anybody ever wants to be 100% high school recruiting. I don't think anybody ever wants to be 100% the portal right now. I think you want to strike a balance of both. And from a high school perspective, you've got to start digging into 2024 because you're, in, you're not far away ultimately on the calendar from being able to get those guys in for official visits. 
And if there's guys you know you want, if there's guys you know are going to be priorities for you, and maybe there's reciprocal interests, um, you don't want to put off recruiting them and let somebody else get in there and build a stronger relationship early on. Because ultimately, you know, those, those guys are only about a year and a half away from signing. And I know that, you know, probably to some people that sounds like a long time, but uh, I mean, it's not always in basketball and it's not always, it's not that way in a lot of other sports. There are other sports that, you know, those commitments start rolling a lot earlier. So it's just, it's just part of it. You've got to be comfortable with it. Yeah, no question. All right. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis star. He's with us Mondays to help start the week from an IU perspective. Zach, thanks for the time. We'll uh, talk again next week. Absolutely. Thanks for having me as always. We'll head to a commercial break, come back and talk with Chad Gilbert, Coach Gilbert, the athletic director at Charlestown High School, former Jeff coach and IHSA executive board member. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about, including the start of the travels slash grassroots basketball season uh, and so many other things. So stay with us for that. You're listening to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach, who got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, Matt Dennison, back with you here on this Monday edition of the program. Chad Gilbert, the athletic director at Charlestown, is always with me in this final segment as we talk local sports and try to cover a lot of ground, especially a lot of basketball. Chad, uh, you know, one thing I wanted to bring up with you, and it's not really local sports, so we're kind of getting out of our, our specialty area. I'm not a TV guy. I know that you are. You watch about everything that's out there from ball games to shows to streaming. I just don't have time to do a lot of that, Chad. I, somehow you find a way to do it. But the Lakers series, and it's I can't even get the name right, Winning Time, uh, it's on HBO Max. It comes out every Sunday night at 9 o'clock. I'm not sure that I've ever been into a television series uh, other than the Michael Jordan deal on Netflix or on, uh, maybe on ESPN, I guess, originally during the heart of the pandemic when it was really what you had to look forward to each week with no live sports. Uh, but that series has been a lot of fun. If you're a basketball fan and a real follower, follower like you and I are, I think anybody would enjoy it. It takes you back through the years of Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and so many of the crazy side stories. Some I think are true and others I'm not so sure about. But I know you've gotten into that as well. Matt, first of all, I'm going to tell you, and I'm sure Amy will text you as well, uh, we appreciate 13 minutes of time today when there's absolutely nothing in sports to talk about. That's how it goes. That's how, well, you we, even like got, the, we like the prime time when I get six minutes when there's everything under the sun to talk about. We're under six minutes. Amy, Amy will send you a nice email. I'm glad, I'm glad she keeps the time, Chad. I'm glad she keeps the time. <laughs> I think really there's only one person keeping the timer, and that's Chad Gilbert. <laughs> Well, you know, Matt, you talked about that Lakers show. First of all, how you have time is when you're waking up at 2 in the morning thinking, man, are those umpires confirmed for tomorrow? And you can't go back to sleep. Or you're thinking, man, did, did we get that building use form in? And you can't go back to sleep. DVR 
is a heck of a tool. If anyone has DVR or streaming services where you can pick up and do things right in that time at night, and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that think, yeah, I wake up at 3 in the morning. I wake up at 4, because that, that's just how it is. You, you you got things on your mind, and you wake up, and you go. It's a good time to watch a little shows and catch up. But you talked about the Lakers show, Matt. I don't think I've seen a show as good, like you said, since The Last Dance. Now, The Last Dance only came out two years ago which I thought was excellent. But this Lakers show is unbelievable. And the thing is on it, I sent you a link. It's not that far off. So afterwards, today, they'll run a fact check on everything the show did, whether was Jerry West that crazy? Was Kareem that hard to get along with? And they'll have different examples and different reasons. Well, he may have been, or yes, he was that crazy. He was that hard to get along with. And so there's a lot of different things, and there are a lot of insight, especially like, that was the time I just started to get hooked on basketball. And you start thinking about all the inside things. And if that would have happened when I was, I wouldn't have known any of that. I would have had no clue. But looking back at all the things that go on with it, and you think about, you'll see kids on visits, and you look at these colleges with just the extravagant locker rooms, and you look at the Lakers locker room back then at the Forum. And the Forum, you know, Jerry Buss made it the place. And you think of the Lakers locker room, and you see it, it looks like worse than any P locker we have in Greater Clark. And it's just amazing how stuff has came around, how stuff has become, and how this series just pulls you in. I mean, so if anyone, if you have an opportunity to watch that, my goodness, Matt, it is uh, it's excellent. And it is, you know, it, it's showtime. It shows how it all came about. It shows how it changed basketball. And I thought last night on a spoiler alert, one of the most interesting things I saw was when Magic Johnson was going with his uh, shoe company. Did you watch it last night, Matt? Yes. So if you remember, I mean, that was the pinnacle. If you didn't have Converse back in the day, I mean, it was Converse and Pro Kids. And those were the shoes. Uh, Nike didn't take off until Jordan got hold of that stuff. Well, as Magic was going through his process of who was going to be his shoes, you know, he had Puma offering him a a contract. He had Converse offering him a contract. He had Adidas. And if you remember back in the day, well, you were probably too young, you always wonder why Kareem wore those Adidas. You know, he had the shell toe Adidas on or whatever else, but Bird and Magic always had Converse. And if you think about those days, locally, high schools, everybody had Converse on. Everybody was wearing those. You know, whether it was the um, the weapons that later on became their signature shoes or the ones, you know, just had the uh, accent with the star on it. It was it was unbelievable. But to neg- the way they negotiated that contract with him wanting eighty thousand, and they went back and forth with what Larry Bird was getting ninety thousand, and so Magic finally agreed on a hundred thousand to get the contract. I thought that was very interesting. But what was most interesting was the guy from Nike, Phil Knight, was yes. waiting in the bar yes. Yes. to catch Magic, and he and it, you know, you went back through and looked at it, and he he couldn't offer Magic the type of money that Converse. He couldn't offer him ninety thousand a year, but what he did offer him was a hundred dollars on every pair of shoe shipped out with his name, and he was going to have a, a Magic shoe if you remember had Magic on the name of the shoe, a hundred dollars for every pair, and then he would have gotten. Stock shares. It, it, to me, Those stock it, I, shares would have came out to five point two yeah, billion. Matt, the, five point two billion. How neat was it when the show like paused last night, and they add up what it was with who he signed with? I guess Converse as opposed to what it would have been with Nike, five point something billion. And it sounded to me, and I don't, I, I meant to Google this today, but the plan Phil Knight, who kind of seemed to be kind of a weirdo that just randomly caught 
uh, magic in the bar and made this offer to him and actually, you know, got a few minutes of his time without going through the Lakers or setting up a formal meeting. It was interesting to me that um, I think that that sort of plan is what they actually offered Jordan, where he, it wasn't just money. Now, obviously, the money was a lot better then, but it wasn't just money per shoe, it, per sell. It was, uh, you know, a lot of stock in the company. So that that proposal to Magic kind of set the tone, I think, later on for Michael Jordan. Well, and if you cue those, you know, if you uh, Google those shoes, think of the old Nike basketball shoes. Um, in 1979, I don't, I'm not sure Nike was even on the market and that's when Magic was coming out that 79, 80 year to get that going. So he was at the forefront, like you said. What he did with Jordan, I think he just copied his same thing that he did with Magic and gave it to Jordan, and Jordan took off. And, it, I mean, it was just unbelievable how interesting that is. And, you know, Phil Knight, well, he introduced himself. He said, I ran track at Oregon. He said, I made a shoe that was one one ounce lighter. And he had all the different things involved with it. He said, that meant, you know, this is how much less you had weighing on your legs. So I thought it was very interesting on that, exciting shows. And and the thing on this show, Matt, episode one, you know, when I'm looking at Jerry Buss, John C. Riley's playing, and I'm just thinking of Step Brothers. When's Will Ferrell going to bust in here, you know, at any time? <laughs> but he is excellent. I mean, uh, every show on this Lakers show is better than the week before. And if you look back at the cast, I mean, did you see last night Richard Pryor? Yes, yes. It was in there. Yeah. Mike Epps played Richard Pryor. Yeah. And if you look back at of who is playing these guys in there, there are a lot. I mean, Sally Fields playing Jerry Buss's mom. Uh, the guy, Chicklets, is playing uh, Red Allback. You know, I mean, so, so if you go back and look at all the people who were in it, the guy from How I Met Your Mother is playing uh, Paul Westhead. So it, it, there's a lot of cool stuff in there. And I mean, it, this show, Matt, is one for any sports fan that they, they got you got to get hold of if, if you could binge it i would watch every episode right now you know if it's 20 episodes i'm watching it like i'm watching um uh, yellowstone or breaking bad or whatever else it is you know it's one of those deals it's it's just that interesting and pulls you in well i want to get to a couple other things before we close out but full credit to john spears here at the big x who's got a noon show after me he he put me on it had he not said anything a week or two into the series uh, i probably would have heard about it from you or other friends but i was able to get on it pretty early and again if you're a basketball fan even if you're like i don't like the nba this is the good old days of the nba the nba that i wish i had been around more for and uh, I have a feeling, I don't know this, but I have a feeling we're getting ready to see some, and I think maybe even on the preview for next week it showed a little bit, but I think Larry Bird is getting, not the Larry Bird, but someone playing Larry Bird is getting ready to make his entry into the series. I think we're going to have uh, some great uh, Lakers-Celtics uh, rivalry memories there coming up, so that's going to be a lot of fun as well. Well, Matt, it's no Ozark, but it pulls you in like Ozark. You know, it's a, it's a different twist, but it pulls you in. It, it's really, really good. Yeah, I think if you're a basketball sports fan, you'll love it. So checking it, check it out. Winning time uh, on HBO Max every Sunday at nine o'clock. Uh, Chad, got to bring up spring sports are underway. We've talked a lot about baseball because of how good the teams are in the area. And for an AD, this comes up every year this time, but. I think about the weather last week and over the weekend. I, I, I know it was at one point Saturday morning I was going out to the Floyd's Knobs area. It was raining and then sleeting and then snowing. Uh, it's been a tough start to the spring trying to get everything in, and it's been really tough for fans 
even when games have been played with how cold and miserable it's been outside. So I think we're all hoping. I know there's a lot of rain in the forecast this week, I believe. I think we're all hoping, though, for warmer weather ahead. Man, and it is a chore. It's 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 a problem to reschedule. We have turf fields, so we're, we can play. We're good to go up here. But it is one of those things that it's not fan friendly. No one wants to set out in in a forty degree, or excuse me, forty mile per hour winds and thirty degree weather. It's no fun to watch that one. However, when it gets nice, it will be worth it. It'll be it'll be worth it for the kids to be out there playing. That's one thing you know. I always thought, why don't we move the fall sports, which are all outside, to the or excuse me, to the uh, the spring sports to the fall, which are all outside, because our fall here has almost turned into summertime. You know, you never miss a day, and let's move our fall sports to the spring. You know, football, you just need a Friday to be nice, and you can play, and you can play in the rain in football. That's something, you know, I've always thought about something that never would happen, but just something to think about. Uh, IHSA re- alignments, they should come out, classification should come out to member schools either today or tomorrow. Be some interesting changes, you know, here in southern Indiana. You know, you know Silver Creek will move up in girls basketball to 4A. Interesting to see what Brownstown with Jack Benner, what they do. They are on that bubble for 3A and 2A, see how they go. So if they could drop down to 2A, they could probably be a major contender for the state championship next year. Yeah, I agree. Chad Gilbert with me on Mondays. Chad, baseball is going to be really good again in this area. I've been following some of the local teams so far. and I tell you what, from top to bottom, we've got some really good programs. I know I've mentioned some that could end up, I think, with really good seasons this year. But uh, really, across the board, things are good again this season as far as spring sports and baseball goes. Matt, Southern Indiana has been well represented in baseball in, in the uh, state tournament. I see the same thing this year. Hey, one thing I did want to touch base with you is roster management you talked about this year with transfers. Real quick, scholarships are one year, one year only. Coaches can pull those scholarships at every year, which makes it they've always managed scholarships. Now this puts a little bit more options on the players where the coaches don't have them held hostage on whether they pull those scholarships or keep it. That's something we might want to touch on next week. Yeah, I agree. Chad Gilbert with me on Mondays. Thank you so much, Chad. That's going to wrap up our Monday program. Back with you Tuesday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.